What's up, guys? You are listening to the YBR Remo Show, where we talk all things Vancouver real estate and mortgages, take boring topics, and make them interesting. Make sure to stay tuned to listen to everything you need to know how to put cash back in your pocket, create wealth in real estate, and simplify the complicated. How's the break been, DJ? How have you been treating yourself? It's been good. It's been good. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of bad things happening in the world, but um, I'm fortunate to have this time. You know, Steph's pregnant. My wife's pregnant. So it's awesome to be able to spend this time with her and um, to just like kind of go through this process with her. This is our first, our first uh, child. So it's been really cool to go on our long walks, to talk, uh, to, to help her when she needs it. It's just, it's really cool. Um, yeah. So always trying to, that's just me. I'm always trying to find the bright side of things. Hey, my man, you've been up on the bike. I see you've also been exercising a lot right now. So getting fit and ready to take on that, uh, that, that spring summer market that's coming up. I just think this is a great opportunity. If, if I were to to come out on the other side of this and not have advanced or improved at all in my habits or in life in general, I think I would look back and I just feel like I've wasted time. So we've got all this free time right now. So I am 100% dedicated to um, just being all I can as far as just you know healthier, eating better, better fitness, better agent, better husband. Ready to be a dad, so everything I can do, I'm going to do. All good things right now, man. And it's interesting because I've heard such a polar uh, opposite uh, ends of the spectrum on that side. I've heard some people talk about how you have to come out with something, and or or you should. And then I've heard the other side take the time to relax. So I think what you just said right there is really interesting. And you had a key point about um, it, well, it's not necessarily starting a new business or something crazy, but eating better, running or exercising a little bit. You've got the time. Why not, man? So it's, it's, it's good to hear that. And, and focusing on your relationship and family, I imagine. Yes. hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, I think we all had, I think when this all started, we all thought to ourselves, what are we going to do? You know, what are we going to do? How, no one's ever been through anything like this in their entire life. And I, I, I set the bar really high to do a lot of things right off, you know, right off the bat. But, um, you know, I just took a step back and I, I looked at what was important to me. And yeah, I just kind of made a list of things that were important that I wanted to improve on the other end. And uh, yeah, so far so good. I think a lot of people should listen to that. And, and what you just said right there, which is what a lot of high performers and success, uh, successfully, we are defining successful people in, in our space, in our industry, push themselves so hard to the edge of burnout because they're, they, they are that A personality. They want to go, 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 go all the time. And not just in real estate, in many industries. And, and for you to just recognize right away that you had that feeling and you pulled back, how did you, how did you recognize that? And how did you pull back without, without feeling bad? That's, and that's the biggest thing I think you had, you can't feel bad. And um, I'm, I'm typically the type of person that when I set a goal, if I feel like I am not getting there fast enough, I will beat myself up. I will, I will be very hard on myself. But over the years I've learned, I've gotten better at that. And I think I, I've gotten really good at identifying that feeling um, that when I am, being hard on myself, uh, just to take a step back, writing, writing things down makes a big difference in my life. My brain, I've got a million things going on all the time. So what I found is for me, writing things down and putting it on paper in front of me helps me um, see what's really going on. And so to answer your question, you know, when I got that feeling of being um, overwhelmed or not, uh, not doing as much as I wanted to, I just kind of wrote down um, what I wanted to do and I uh, gave everything like a, a slot during, during, during the time of the week. So I, I, I got rid of what, what I didn't really want to do, what was really important. And I focused on what was important. And I broke down about five things. 
and I just do those five things throughout the week. Fantastic. That, that is such valuable information for anyone in any business or any life point to think about that, writing it down and uh, just hitting it based on level of importance. So for anybody tuning in right now who doesn't know DJ, let's go a little bit backstory on on your business uh, side and, and we can dig into some of the personal piece as well. So DJ, uh, you're currently uh, a real estate agent in uh, based in West Vancouver at Angel Hasman and Associates, uh, one of the uh, very highly and well-regarded firms in that area. And you've been in real estate now for nine years, since uh, 2011. Um, but it, it, obviously where we're at today, obviously it didn't start there and we're going to get back to this in a quick second. But when I talk about, uh, you, I think on, honestly, I constantly think about, uh, experience. I think about perfection. I think about performance and I think about focus. So on that note, what I want to ask you is going into this unique time that we're in right now, I imagine you're still staying in touch with people. You're still talking to your, your, your clients. And I, and I think you mentioned to me that you're, they're never past clients. They're always clients and friends. What, what was your, were your thought around that first and foremost? Am I, am I missing the mark there? I mean, nothing really changed. We're, we should always be keeping in contact with our clients for graphics. We've got with my assistant, Madison, what we do is we have it set up. So we've got touches set up with our clients. So, you know, their one month anniversary in a home, their six month anniversary in a home, their one year anniversary in a home, their two year, that never changed. So there's that, that system right there is in place. And other than that, I think my, I've always just really like people. I think that's my biggest asset in this business, my biggest skill set. just really enjoy people. So I made it a point to reach out to at least three to five clients every day, just to check in and see how they were doing. What, what were the responses from, from those people? Lots of, emojis, happy faces, filling me in on how the kids are doing. Um, yeah, I think it's just been, it's, it's just been from a personal, from a, from a, from a relationship standpoint, nothing's really changed. I'm still here for them if they need anything and uh, yeah, sensitive if they need help with anything as well. Right. So, and did, did people expect to hear from you, your real estate agent during this time? Is that, or was that a little bit of a surprise to them or? I don't think so. I mean, I do. I, it's, it's so easy to send a text nowadays. I mean, when I first started this business, I remember it was unprofessional to send a text, right? You had to make, pick up the phone, which I still love doing, but it's so easy to pick up a, uh, your phone and, and text clients. So, and just a simple hi, let them know you're thinking about them. Because the key to success in real estate, I really believe this, is that the, the relationship doesn't start until the deal is done. That's, that's, that's what you have to remember. A lot of people, and I, I hope this has changed, but a lot of people will, will have this great relationship with their clients. And once the deal is done, they sort of fade away. For me, the best way to, to think of it is the relationship really begins once the deal is done. And that's when your clients really, really care. It would be hard for a lot of people to believe the opposite of what you just said, which, but it is very commonplace in this industry. I heard from people who said, Oh, I don't know if I, it's not a good time to call. Why would my, why would the real estate agent be calling and or mortgage broker and, I know my feelings around that are very strong, which is that this is, this is one of their biggest assets. This is, this is a, a very emotional experience from the beginning and ideally built out that kind of relationship where they would want to hear from us if something were to ever happen. And our feedback was nothing but positive always. So it says a lot about who you are and the way that you operate your business and why you're having success because you have the mindset of that relationship starting then. So right now, so seven weeks ago, again, again this starts this hits. What did your business look like? Like, how did you react in your business? Did it change the way that you were marketing properties? 
Um, you know, what, what was that like uh, during that time frame for you and your team? I mean, right away, we were watching the news, of course, every day, like we always do, but we were really glued to it every morning, becoming and really understanding what we were dealing with. Once we started to understand just what we were dealing with, what we started to do was start to any client, any new clients that reached out to us, what we would do is we would ask them questions that we wouldn't normally ask. Typically, when someone wants to list a house, you, when they're ready to list, let's do it. But let's say they've got a family and small kids and they want to list or they're thinking about listing. We were sensitive to what a showing looked like um, in, in, by today's standards. You know, it's, we have to be very sensitive. So we let them know that we would pre-screen all of our, any buyers that came through. Once we were there, these were the precautionary measures we took to make sure that, um, that nothing would be contaminated. We limited the number of people in the house to only the two decision makers. So typically sometimes they bring grandparents and so on and so forth, which is great. Um, but I think in these times we let them know that we're only letting one or two uh, people in, the principal decision makers. Um, and so that changed as far as how we pre-qualify showings and how, and how we conduct our showings. We wanted our clients to know that they would be safe. Also timing. Um, some people need to list right away. Some people had some time. So if they could, then we would wait a bit uh, to see how things would play out. Um, as far on the technology front, nothing's really changed. We, we have been doing the Matterport VR technology uh, virtual reality walkthroughs for, for a few years now, since 2017. So we were, we were one of the first ones to do that. So we've always had that technology in place. Um, and it gave us actually the ability to, to showcase it uh, right away, to show our clients through social media that we, we're ready to go. We've got this technology. People can tour through your home like they would walk through the streets of Google Earth if they're comfortable with that. Um, so yeah, so I mean, not much has changed other than those two things. So, so do you anticipate that through this, that, because you've already been doing the Matterport, the VR. So if anybody who's watching this or listening to this doesn't understand uh, what VR is, could you give them maybe a, a 15 second snapshot of what, what, what is that? Because I think a lot of people hear that and they're like, what's a virtual showing? I don't know. So basically what it is, it's the best way, to, the best way to compare it, the best way to, to describe it, sorry, would be that it is like Google Earth. Um, just as, just like when you're walking down the street, not Google, sorry, um, Google Maps. When you're walking down the streets, you can just click little circles, little arrows, and you can move around the house. But what's great about it is unlike a photo where they, they have those photos where you can pan left to right, unlike, the, unlike that technology, which is dated now, you can look up, you can look down, you can look in any direction you want. You can get in the elevator, you can go up, you can go down it really makes you feel as if you're in the home and you can actually also, uh, if you have VR goggles, you can snap your phone into your VR goggles and you can walk around in the same fashion. So wow. it's pretty wow. handy for us. We we initially uh, started using this technology because we realized, uh, especially with buyers from mainland China, a lot of the time the, the husbands were still living in China and the families were here. So when the uh, wife and the kids wanted to include their the husband, the dad in this situation, in this scenario, and this purchase, what they would do is they would be able to send this technology to them and they could walk around. And actually in Asia, this VR technology is quite common. So for them, it's, it's, it's not out of the ordinary to have a pair of goggles and be able to walk around and, and, uh, and check a house out. So 
we've had a few a few decisions made this way. So my question for you right off the bat on that note is, do you think that because for you, nothing's changed as far as marketing is concerned right now, you mentioned to me that you've been doing this for something like five years, this Matterport VR designer since it was out. But do you think this changes as the real estate industry as a whole? Do you think more people uh, adopt this type of technology? And and if so, is is this good for the industry? Is this good for buyers? What what, what do you think there? Uh, I think it's good. I think I think technology is good to, when it comes to marketing. Anything that can help the can can help expose the property, uh, I think is good for it. I don't think it's going to change the way people buy homes because at the end of the day, buying a home is an emotional is an emotional process. You don't people don't walk into a house and be like, oh, I love the dollar per square foot here, you know, and they don't just see some pictures on the internet a lot of the time and just make the decision that way. People have to walk in and feel the home. So I think the technology does is it allows people to um, get a sense for the space first, you know, for the home first before booking that showing and seeing it in person. So I think that's, um, that's, that's probably one of the biggest advantages of that technology. It eliminates the looky loose, so to speak. Okay, no, that's fair, that's fair. And in, and in the, the luxury uh, space, it, which is where you're uh, obviously heavily focused, the West Vancouver, is that fair to say? Really, we sell anything from condos all over, but definitely we uh, were fortunate enough to do a lot of the hiring stuff as well. Perfect. Perfect. So a lot of the higher end, and I know you have a team that, that handles all sorts of different property types. So we'll get right into that too. Uh, cause I, I, I certainly want to talk about the team piece. Um, my, I guess my thought on that is, um, just kind of working with different types of buyers myself, anyone who's purchasing their first condo, uh, in, in the Valley up to, uh, you know, a family working with you on a, a higher, uh, cost purchase in West Vancouver. Uh, we often see, uh, and, and don't get me wrong, I've seen many agents do a phenomenal job at every price point out there. Um, but we often see a lot of these technolo- technologies kind of start at the high level and then and then find their way down. And it partially could be due to cost or entry point. But as a lot of the video pieces have become um, lower cost, we've seen so many incredible videos and so many cool things coming out there. And I know that's a piece that separated you. My question about that really for you, DJ, is um, I know that there's something more to buying and selling a house than just quite simply a video. So let's talk a little bit about that experiential piece. Like what to you makes a luxury experience? I know that's a big question. That's a loaded question, but it's, it's something we get, something I get a lot. And I think the, the, what, what's important to recognize is that luxury is not a price tag. It's 100%, it's a, it's a level of service. So yes. Yes. the way I've thought about it before was, think of hotels, right? I mean, you can stay at the, for example, the Westin, which is a great hotel. You know, you're gonna get great service, you're gonna get, but there's a difference in the level of service and what can be expected from staying in maybe a more higher end um, hotel. So that's what, what we try to do. We try to deliver better than expected service. Um, just try to blow them away. And so really by any means, I mean, Real estate isn't a price tag. It's a it's a white glove level of service that we just offer to everybody. So okay, no, that's that's actually uh, that's good. The hotel analogy I think is a is a fair one, especially as it pertains to real estate. And you can always tell the difference. And it's not defined by price point. You're right. Sometimes you'll find a, a hotel that's the same price point. It could be a boutique that you just walk in there and everything is just ready and, and you just walk in. So, so I think it's a feeling more than anything else. Moving uh, forward on that note, I want to talk, so feeling, we talked about different types of properties. 
let's speak a little bit to some of the people that are listening right now who, who are leaders in their family or their business or, or in the real estate industry. One thing that, that you have is a, a partner in your business, uh, Nick, uh, who's also a good friend, great guy. You and Nick have built an incredible team um, of agents. So, uh, so let's just chat about how, how did you lead? How did you and Nick, I should say, lead during these times in this pandemic? And what, what, did you, what were you faced with that maybe you didn't expect? Was there anything at all um, in how you reacted? Or, or if not, what did you guys do? I think as a team, I think one of the biggest things in our team is that we're all, we all have a high level of trust for each other. We care for each other. We're really close. So, so I, when, when this all started, we right away, we discussed what are we were going to do. Um, I mean, we've kind of already touched on this as well. We, what we're going to do, I mean, we just advise the guys to stay on top of your showings or stay on top of your, um, on top of your uh, on clients, keep in contact with people. Five of us all together brainstorm like crazy. We're never happy just kind of sitting back and watching things happen. So we brainstorm ideas. How can we help? What should we say? If someone's had an experience or had a question, we, we tackle that question together. Sometimes we'll bring it up in a Monday morning meeting over Zoom, um, what, uh, what happened and how they, how they tackled that. So Right off the bat, there's, there's things that you're saying that I don't think you think are a big deal, but there are. Uh, and, and I noticed them right away. And the, and the first one that I picked out right off the bat was uh, communicating with each other immediately uh, and talking about it openly. So uh, I've heard from certain uh, people and in different companies and teams where, where that didn't, believe it or not, that didn't happen, DJ. It did on our team, but it wasn't a regular occurrence. So instantly your mind is probably, okay, we've got an issue. We all need to talk about it. What's going on here, right? So take, if you're listening to this, take note. If you ever, if you have an assistant or a, a team or a company or you're a manager, listen to that, communicate upfront with people and talk to them. I think that's absolutely massive. The second thing, uh, right off the bat, you, you said that you guys all brainstorm. So it wasn't, it wasn't the DJ show. It was the, it was the Nyaksu Denner group show. I, I, yeah. So I think one thing that we, we stress in, in our team is that this isn't a meeting to check in on everybody. We're not here to make sure everyone's doing their job. You guys are all incredible at what you do you guys are, are you have incredible skill sets think of these monday morning meetings as a uh, as a mastermind session you know as an accountability program for each of us you know to make sure that we're all staying on track keeping to what we say we're going to do so on and so forth and that includes me and nick um so on and so forth so i think the mastermind session is huge um people, we all have different experiences and we all learn from them and then we share those experiences and how we and how we came on the other side um so we can all grow together and help our clients better that's massive. Okay, so so mastermind session, having conversations, treating everybody as an equal, making sure that everybody's on the same page. Again, you might think these are normal things, but they are not, believe it or not. So that says a lot about, and so for anybody who, who, who doesn't know uh, your team, uh, maybe you want to give a quick shout out to the members and the, or the names of your team. Who do we have? So there's uh, myself, Nick Niaxu, Chris Lazarek, Chris Langlois, and Jack, uh, Jack Liu. All superstars in the room, right? Really lucky. Um, it's been awesome to watch these guys. A lot of these guys have been with us since before they were licensed. And it's been a, 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 an awesome experience watching these guys go from day one, no clients, to where they are now. And I think what the one quality that we all share was a few, but I think the biggest one is the level of care we have for our clients and what we do. Um, there is, we don't look at our clients as just another listing. We know their names. We know their kids' names, you know, and they're, they've, we all have the same mindset where when we're hired for a job, this is, they're asking for our help and this is what we have to do. So 
these guys are great. Again, Chris Lazarus, Chris Langlois, Jack Lou, and Nick Miaxu. And Madison Holman, our assistant, who's an absolute, she's our boss. She's the real boss. Smart man. Smart man. So, so you mentioned right off the bat, you said a lot of these guys have been with us before uh, they were licensed. Um, for, from, a, from someone who's experienced now growing a team, you've had some, some people come and go in the past. Oh, and, and you're now having a, a team that's gelled together for years. And I can speak from personal experience. I know everybody, they're, they're such an incredible personality. Everyone's very uh, empathetic and, and they care. Uh, what is it that you look for when you try to bring someone on? Like what, what is it? Is it a feeling? Uh, is there an interview? Like what's, what is that like? I think the biggest thing, first and foremost, is empathy. You know, we want, uh, you have to have empathy in order to, uh, to not just do this job, but just to, be, just to be good at what you do. I think we really have to have empathy. High level of energy. I'm a high energy person. If someone's just sitting at their desk all day and moping or complaining, uh, optimism is a good thing as well. These are all things that we look for, but a high, high level of energy, high level of care. I think that's one of our biggest... Uh, our biggest strengths is the level with, that we care for our clients, um, and not just our, not just, and not just the clients themselves, but the job that we do. I think all these guys, they're incredibly fastidious when it comes to the marketing process. They are in the house, directing the photographer, directing the uh, the video team, so on and so forth. So, all these guys have a high level of care as well. So, I think that's, I think that's, those are all big assets um, that we look. So infectious, uh, they have passion, they're empathetic, they care, uh, they're, they're detail-oriented. Uh, on that note, one thing that I've learned in my experience in, in getting to know you is that you are that. You are detail-oriented. You are focused. Um, everything, everything that, every communication that we have, I can tell that you are looking at little details and pieces. Um, and that has that always been the case, DJ? Uh, do you think that, that when you started, did you have that same level of like little bit by bit by bit? Or is that something you developed over time? Something happened, uh, like in, our, in, in my life, speaking personally, in my life, we, I think one I've always had, since I was a little kid, my mom's, my parents have always told me, you should be in marketing. Since I was a little, little guy, I've always been very creative with a big imagination. So I definitely attached to that aspect of the business. Um, it was really fun. Most of the stuff that we do like from the website is a lot of the creative, creative stuff is, is I help with because I just, I love that part of it so much. But that high level of energy, I think I've always had it. I think I've always just been naturally really optimistic, very happy. And uh, it's, it's easy to do when you, when you find something that you love to do. And that's the great thing about real estate. It's, it's law, it's marketing, it's people, it's problem solving, it's uh, you know, beautiful homes. It's all these things that I love all wrapped into one. There was a question that was asked to me and it's not about, I'm not, we don't want to predict the future here today. That's not what we're here to do. We're here to focus on what's happening right now. But just from a process standpoint, uh, someone asked me, they said, how does DJ, where does he even start when it comes to pricing some of these homes? You know, uh, uh, someone was saying, well, I think when it's a townhouse or a condo in X area, um, that's maybe not unique or there's similar properties, it's a lot easier. But if you have a property on the hillside that, you know, nothing around there has sold for 10 years, where the heck do you even start, man? Where, where does that even begin? I'm actually originally not from West Vancouver. My career began in Pitt Meadows, Maple Ridge, where I'm born and raised. So I was lucky to have some great mentors out there. Uh, my parents were realtors. Um, Justin Hennessy uh, was such a great mentor to me. He should have been a lawyer, taught me everything I need to know about contract law. Um, he's still to this day a great mentor. So for me, point being is that when I landed here a few years ago, I, I, it was 
that was definitely a challenge. How do I price these homes? What do I do? Um, and I became obsessed with it. I became obsessed with knowing every inch of my, of, of my marketplace. Um, to the point now where, remember I Googled how to get here my first time from Pimmouse to West Vancouver. And now I know this place like the back of my hand. I know, I hope this is not creepy, but I know who lives where, who bought what, what house was built when. It's just, it's an obsession. Um, I think of homes in West Vancouver as like collecting cards, you know, like baseball cards. I used to collect baseball cards as a kid. And that's what it is. It's just, I cut this information to the point where I'm driving around and people ask me a question about a house and I can tell them, you know, what it's sold for, so on and so forth. So going back to answer your question now, I became hyper um, focused on my marketplace. Um, obsessed with it in every inch of it. So to the point now where in West Vancouver, you can have a $20 million home next to a $5 million home across the street from a three and a half million dollar property, right? So it's very different here. It's not so cookie cutter. And so what I always tell my clients is that the valuation process is two parts for me. It's one part uh, stats and one part gut. So what happens is I let the stats, I take similar properties in certain neighborhoods and I take that range and I kind of, sorry, I, I figure out the range, right? Where I want to be. That's my gut that helps fine tune the needle to where it needs to be. Um, we also take into consideration our client's goals. You know, what do they want to achieve and if they're realistic and we can adjust a little bit on either side. But for the most part, I mean, our, our opinion of value is always pretty much bang on. Um, when we go to the client's house, sometimes things change a little bit and we might have to push the needle a little further, but we always let our clients know the honest truth in the beginning and then we develop a strategy. Would you, would you say that in, in the pricing of a, a property or a unique property like that, it, it is, uh, substantially more, uh, and, and you could disagree with me just out of curiosity, more subjective than objective. I know there's a statistical component to it. Yeah, I think that, and I think that it comes back to what I talked about almost with uh, there's a when you're looking at when you're looking at this property you can never you, it's tough there's no two homes alike in West Vancouver it's very rare right there's no two homes alike so you really have to take a look at a few different aspects like the lot size the size of the home the age of the home the view right how do you how do you um, how do you determine the value of a view right is is I would love to know that it all kind of comes together. And it's, again, it's based on, a, it's based on a, again, this one part stats, one part gut, but also knowing your market so well, being in these homes, seeing them firsthand, seeing what they trade for, um, and really just, you know, really just understanding the market to a point where when you walk into a home, sometimes you can, you, you know, right off the bat, you just know what it is because you've dedicated your time to, uh, to your craft. Okay, so we're going back. Uh, let's just say uh, you, uh, in your journey, um, maybe not all the way nine years ago, because we're, we're a little bit further on in your career. Uh, you've kind of hit to the point where you're, you're working through West Vancouver and, uh, you've got your first listing. What year was your first listing in West Vancouver? Do you remember? Yeah. So when I first started in West Vancouver, it was 2011. I started September 5th, 2011. And I set my goal for my first two listings on November 1st, 2011. Cause the reason being was Angel Hasman gave me like a month and a bit of free rent in our office space. And I had no money. So <laughs> I gave myself, I had to, I had to get a listing. I had to get, I had to get business with by November 1st. So I worked, I worked, I worked. I had my vision board in front of me on my desk and <clears throat> I looked at it and I had, I had an image. I had Googled 
West Vancouver homes and took two images and put new listing banners across them. And I focused on that. And above that was November 1st, 2011. And on November 1st, 2011, I had signed two listings, one at, uh, one at 10 a.m. and one at, sorry, one at 12 and one at 4.30. And uh, one, one, was, one was 4 million, one was 3.6. And we ended up signing the one for 3.6 in 16 days. Unreal. So now, now it's life-changing. Let's just fast forward from to then until now. DJ is, uh, <laughs> there's a lot to put in it right now. So there's a lot I learned and we're going to have a separate conversation about all that stuff uh, as we round up. We're going to round out here in a little minute. But uh, uh, looking, so you're walking into a home then compared to you're walking in a home now. Um, you're, you're talking to a seller or a listing agent. I would like you to know, tell me is the first thing that comes to your mind, what is the one thing that you're doing today that's that's almost the same as what you did then? What is the one thing that you're doing right now? I don't, I don't want to sound cheesy, but it's honestly just like, the, it's just how much I like people. That's just the biggest thing. And it's okay. this sense of helping. That's been the biggest thing. I think that's always been, even when whether you have one listing or 15 listings, I think I, I know everybody's name, I know their story, I know where they're at, what their goals are. And... I feel incredibly grateful that they uh, that they've chosen me to help them. So that sense of responsibility, I think, is also a part of it as well. So a sense of responsibility and level of care um, has never changed. And I guess That's also it. energy, energy, energy is energy and optimism. That's perfect timing. I, I had a post last night about passion. You can't fake it. And I, I, to this day, you, you can't make that up. doesn't matter if you sell one home or 50 homes. So that's, that's a good one. Okay. Right away. Uh, and next thing off the top of your head, the biggest change, the biggest thing that's different now, uh, when, when you're, uh, selling a home or listing a property, who I am now compared as a professional compared to who I was then I I'm hyper-focused and incredibly, um, passionate about uh, I always picture like you know older DJ you know I always picture older DJ and what does he look like and also the future vision of myself as a, as a professional or as a even as a dad and a husband I'm always seeing what does that look like and I love to see what I need to tweak and what I need to fix and so for that reason it's a lot has changed for the better I hope uh, confidence I think is a big one confidence is a big one that one has definitely changed a lot um, you know, not being from this, not being from West Vancouver and, uh, not being, a, it's a very close community here. So going, uh, that's helped a lot, you know, getting to know people and befriending people. My colleagues in this industry have been fantastic. You know, when I came into this, I never wanted to, I had a ton of respect for, for, uh, for the, my colleagues and agents in this, in this industry who have found a great deal of success. So I've never wanted to, um, attack them or butt heads. So I've been very grateful. And for their help over the years. And they've given me the, they gave me such words of encouragement throughout my career, which helped my confidence grow. DJ, what is the biggest, um, uh, what's the word here I'm looking for? Uh, uh, misunderstanding about uh, the quote unquote high end or luxury real estate. The biggest thing that you're always like, no, that's not the case. The number one thing. I know that right away. Perfect. So when I, first, when I first started in real estate, when I first started in real estate, uh, everyone asked me, I, I knocked on every door in West Bend, literally every door in West Vancouver. And some of the biggest homes, some, some of them you would have thought they were hotels. People also, always say to me, how do you do that? Aren't you afraid that they're going to be mean? They, they, so many people just, uh, just assume that because somebody has a great deal of wealth or a big house, that they're going to be mean. They don't want to be bothered. I can't, I, I, maybe I've had one, one, angry, I wouldn't even call it angry, but one person that was maybe slightly rude, 
um, in my entire career. So I think that's the biggest misconception with the, with the, with the high net worth individual, with the luxury market, is that it's, they're, they're mean. And there's, there's some lovely people there, incredible. It doesn't, you can be, you can have no money and be uh, a jerk, right? You can have a lot of money and be a jerk. You can have no money. I think all that wealth does really is, it, I, I hear this all the time, it's just, it amplifies who you already are, right? And I've just had nothing but great experiences with the people here in West Vancouver and I'm incredibly grateful for it, yeah. The thing that I've known about DJ in his time, if I may speak about it, is that he's always been very much willing to give away what he's received and that's learning and education and information. And I know that they're working very hard to build out some programs for uh, agents uh, in the future or some, some form of mentorship. Uh, maybe speak to that a little bit, DJ, if, if someone's interested in... in um, learning from you, uh, maybe not today, but in the future, what would that look like? Um, what are your plans down the road there? Do you want to share in that? The biggest thing, I mean, I've had, I mentioned before, I've had so many mentors throughout my career. I've always, and not just people in person, but even, I mean, there's been some great mentors in books and videos, but also from, even through Instagram now, I've made some great friends with you know, Daniel Daggers in London, who's a top professional, uh, Dina in Miami. Um, there's just been some great guys who have just shared this wealth of knowledge. So one thing I truly believe is that success is not something you do alone. It's, it's success is something you bring people with, you bring with you. And we don't learn all this stuff just to keep it in and just to keep it for ourselves. We learn this stuff to share. So, and that's one thing I'm very passionate about. I love to help people, especially when someone has it, you know, like sometimes you meet somebody and you kind of feel like they're maybe, or maybe into real estate and they're not, they don't really have that energy, that passion. But when I meet somebody, that has a passion for real estate, that loves what they do, and they might be stuck or whatever. God, I, I can spend four hours with them. When I say only have a half an hour, I end up texting my assistant, push it back, push it back, because I just want to help. So there's these strategies and systems and things that I've put together over the years since my first day of real estate. I've been hyper obsessed with what does it take to be successful in this industry? What do you need to do? Like, how do you do it? Because you don't, there's no, there's no real estate university, right? There's nothing where you learn how to do your job or there's no, and there's no on the job training really either. So I was hyper uh, focused on what to do. And so through that, I created systems and models and strategies. And I was, uh, I've, since then I've implemented them myself and I've, I've passed them on to other agents and it's worked for them. You know, it's taken agents from um, just starting out and, or sorry, you know, maybe in some cases just about to quit to within, you know, six months a year, have them reach their, their goals. So once I saw it working for them, I, I was excited to share it to other, with others when they came to me. So as far as what Nick and I are doing, I'm just trying to find a way to put things on paper because it does take a lot of energy to sit down with somebody for four hours or three hours or two hours or even a half an hour sometimes. And, you know, this is the middle of your work day, right? This is the middle, I'm, you have to go back to your meetings. So what I do is I, uh, I'm putting together a package where I can give it to agents and they can kind of see an overview of all my strategies and my systems and so forth so that it'll help. No, uh, so so that was a lot to take in. So to sum that up, I think uh, thank you, DJ, for explaining that. But uh, more or less, from what I understand from what you're saying, is that you're you're basically taking all of your learnings from the past nine years, 
all of your mentorship, all of your teaching, all the strategies that you work from you, and essentially building a platform that you can support other agents that they can reach out to you to find out about. So um, we've got one quick question. And I know you've got a lovely wife at home waiting for you. And I think she hopped on here a few minutes ago. So there's no, no hiding it. So I got one question here from Nick and then I got one question on my own unless anybody else hops in here. So Nick's, Nick's got a few questions. So we'll just do a quick one here. Uh, he's, he's just looking for one tip, one tip for someone who's been working in residential and they want to, they want to make the jump up to, to the quote unquote higher end or luxury real estate. Is there one specific thing that you could share with this person? Be the most knowledgeable professional in, in, in that area, right? If you're, Let's say, let's take Anmore, for example. Let's say there's some beautiful homes out in, in the Port Moody Anmore area. And there's a lot of great condos and so on and so forth. But let's say you want to be the, the Anmore specialist, then be the Anmore specialist, right? Know everything about that market. Know every person in every house. Know, just get out and meet people. That's the biggest thing. I always say that there's two parts to real estate. There's, um, think of it as a scale. On one side of the scale is the business of getting business and the other side of the scale is the business itself. So here you have like the door knocking, the letters and so on and so forth. And this side of the scale, you have um, the showings, the negotiations, the meeting with new clients, so on and so forth. Everybody wants to do this. Everybody wants to do the business of business of getting up to the business of real estate and everybody has a tough time with the other one. So what I tell people is you have to, in the beginning, obviously focus on the beginning uh, the business of getting business. And from that, um, the, t the scales will start to tip. So what tips the scale? People. The more people you put on this side of the scale, this, it'll, it'll, the scales will start to tip in favor of the business of, of itself, doing the business. So get out there and meet the people. Meet the people in those homes and add them to your database. Make sure you have a bucket to put them in. Make sure you have a CRS, a CRM system. One of the biggest things I think also will be be yourself. I think that's something a lot of advice people gave me when I first started. People used to walk into my office when I first started and used to say, got good energy and so forth. Just don't stop being yourself, right? Don't let this business, don't let this business change you. So I think that's the biggest thing too is never stop being yourself. Don't think you have to start wearing crazy expensive clothes or whatever, or change your personality. Just be you, but just be more knowledgeable in, in that sector. And, um, It'll grow from there. Get hyper focused. So go to one area and get hyper focused and and uh, and no more. Uh, get to know the people and get to really know who they are and the people and keep their information so that later on down the road you can stay in touch with those people, of course. And don't worry about what other people think about you, right, DJ? And and uh, make sure to take it. I love what you mentioned about what Daniel Deggers had said earlier. Who gives a shit, right? Uh, or something like that. Who, who cares? That's fantastic information. That's fantastic feedback. I would agree 1 million percent. Uh, focus on the people, focus on uh, the specific area because they're the ones who are going to uh, be be really the goal at the end of the day. DJ, uh, we've taken up so much of your time, man. You're, you're, you're such a legend. I appreciate you taking this time out uh, and being a good friend. DJ, thank you so much for joining me tonight, my friend. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll obviously be in touch soon. Thank you guys.